Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. My name is Lee, and we are on chapter 9 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, trigger warnings, content warnings, all that good stuff will be in the episode description. And as always, if I have missed any, please let me know. I'm happy to go back and add them. So last chapter, the big thing that happened... Anna and Christian had sex for the first time, and in Anna's case, it was the first time ever. Woo! So they fall asleep together in Christian's bed, and then Anna wakes up before Christian and wanders into his gigantic bathroom because, of course, everything in his, like, rich boy apartment is oversized and she's thinking about how she has just given her virginity to a man who doesn't love her and in fact wants to make her his what is the quote kinky sex slave oh man there is a lot of to there's a lot to unpack there already there's so much so much do i want to go on my rant about how virginity is a social construct yes yes i do uh virginity is a social construct and it is extremely heteronormative cisnormative social construct so here's the thing the idea of losing your virginity is the first time a penis goes into a vagina and whichever end of that you're on, whether you are the penis haver or the vagina haver, that's how you lose your virginity. Except here's the thing, that's not how everybody has sex. What is the definition of having sex? Because once you pull your head out of the sand of the heteronormative society that we live in, you know, having sex can look like a lot of different things. And depending on what your genitals are and what your partner's genitals are and, you know, whether you're cis or trans might affect your relationship with your genitals and the functionality of your genitals if you are, for example, on hormones. So the idea of, you know, a penis going into a vagina and that's sex kind of doesn't apply to a lot of people. And also, you know, speaking from my own experience, I'm a cis woman and my first sexual encounters were all with people who also had vaginas. And so eventually when we turned 18 and started buying sex toys, like there were silicone dicks to be had to go into vaginas. But for a while, I did not have a penis go into my vagina until I had been sexually active for years already. And I considered myself to have lost my virginity years ago. However, you know, even when I started talking to cis dudes, I, I had one guy ask me, so I had, you know, mentioned that I was mostly active, sexually active with other people who had vaginas, and he was asking me about, you know, have I ever been with someone with a penis, but he, like, he phrased it as, like, when did you lose your virginity? And he, like, he just, he considered my virginity still intact until I encountered a penis, even though I had already been sexually active for years before that. 
and that's kind of fucked up. I ended up having a lot of other problems with that guy, <laughs> so I don't really have a whole lot of sympathy for him, but like, you know, I, I, to some extent, that's just how society raises us to think about virginity, is a penis goes in a vagina and then you're no longer a virgin, and like, up until that point, you can do whatever you want and you're still a virgin, and, and that's such bullshit. And also, this emphasis on virginity that we have in this society is also bullshit. Like, okay, yeah, having sex is an incredibly intimate act, or it can be, it doesn't have to be, but for a lot of people it is. For me, it is. So the first time I had sex, yeah, it was kind of an important moment in my life because I, I had, I felt like I had never been that physically intimate with someone before. But we put so much emphasis, especially for women or people who are socialized women, we put so much emphasis on who takes your virginity or who you give your virginity to and and you have to like guard your virginity and hold out until the right man or you know in some circles ideally you're holding out until marriage or whatever and it doesn't have to be this huge life-changing event you know it's it's an experience that you have and maybe you like it and maybe you don't and maybe you continue to have sex and maybe you don't and that's totally up to you but your virginity as a concept it's it's not this thing that you give to another person it's not this thing that someone else has once you have sex with them, you know? In a way, quote-unquote losing your virginity is just one of many sexual firsts. Like, for me, the first time I had sex with someone else with a vagina was one first, and then years later, the first time I had sex with someone with a penis, that was another first for me. And like, no, I didn't consider it quote-unquote losing my virginity all over again, but it was like, it was a, a different experience. It was a different body configuration that I was learning out how to give pleasure to and receive pleasure from. And and there's there's so many different firsts. There's, you know, the first time I gave a blowjob, the first time I was spanked. Like, all of those are sexual firsts that to me were about as significant as the time I quote-unquote lost my virginity, the first time I had sex. I don't know. There's my rant on that. Also, this whole thing about a man who doesn't love her and wants to make her into his kinky sex slave. I mean, see previous episodes for this. I feel like I've already made my position on this quite clear. Anna, Christian is wild about you. <laughs> he has some really fucked up ways of showing it, but I promise you, he is interested in you. Also, the concept of, like, loving each other at this early stage in a relationship, I'm not gonna say it doesn't happen because if I'm being really, like, open and honest and vulnerable with my microphone in this closet that I'm standing in right now, <laughs> I feel like I have fallen in love over the course of a first date. And I'm still in a relationship with that person, and it's going fucking awesome. It's going great. So it can happen. I think it can happen. But again, it, it feels like, oh, I should have waited. I should have given my virginity to a man who loves me, who I, I'm certain that he loves me. And it's like, no, you don't have to, that doesn't have to be the case. It's fine. 
it's fine. And he wants to make her into his kinky sex slave, which she definitely says with a hint of revulsion, a hint of disgust, which again is just another instance of the massive amounts of kink shaming that this series is riddled with and also shows once again how poorly Christian went about inducting Anna into the realm of kink. I don't... <laughs> He's just, like, shoved her off the deep end with very little context, with very little explanation, and, and she's freaking out. And honestly, I don't entirely blame her. Moving on, this is E.L. James via Anna's internal monologue gives thing obnoxious little nicknames. For example, the playroom, Christian's playroom in his apartment is, from here on out, known as the Red Room of Pain. And yes, that is all capitalized. I hate it. So Anna sends a text to Kate to let her know that she's safe, that she's okay, that in Anna's words, she has not been kidnapped by Bluebeard. What? And then ties her hair into pigtails and thinks, the more girly I look, the safer I'll be from Bluebeard. Again, I say, what? And she's thinking back to last night, and she says, oh, you know, something along the lines of, oh, Kristen and I made love, and her subconscious corrects her fucking, not lovemaking. Which, again, is this, okay, this is maybe a little bit of a personal pet peeve for me. I guess when you get down to it, it's, it's totally fine if you have different associations of, like, certain types of sex are fucking, certain types of sex are lovemaking, but any sex act can be considered lovemaking. It's all a matter of perspective. I think for me, lovemaking has a connotation of intimacy, of affection, you know, it's it's an expression of love or an expression of affection between people. And if, if that's, you know, slow, gentle sex, great, that's lovemaking. If, it, if that's a really rough spanking, but at the end of that, you feel really, really close with the person who spanked you or the person that you spanked, that absolutely can be lovemaking as well. And E.L. James just has such a narrow view of sex for someone who is trying to write a BDSM erotica series. So Christian eventually wakes up and comments on Anna's pigtails and says, they won't protect you. Which, again, I say, oh, what? And also, this is another instance of an amateurish or, like, inexperienced writing tool, cliche, trope. I don't know what, what the correct word for it is, but, like, writers who are not very experienced tend to kind of make their characters psychic. When Anna ties her hair up in pigtails to, quote-unquote, protect herself, she thinks that there is no outward indication that that's why she's doing that. And then, so, so there's no way that Christian could possibly know that that's what she was thinking. Like, they, I'm sorry, I don't buy that he knows her well enough at this point to know that that's what she was doing. So what it comes off as instead is E.L. James has this kind of omnipotent view or omniscient, I guess, is, is the more accurate word. She has this, like, omniscient view of what's going on in Anna's head and what's going on in Christian's head, and she just kind of gives Christian this knowledge 
of why Anna did what she did and that it's not realistic. It bugs the hell out of me. It's bad. It should not have gotten past any kind of competent editors. So as they're talking, Anna bites her lip and Christian straight up orders her to stop doing that. And he does that a lot in this series. This is the first of many times when he does this. Once again, they have not negotiated that at all. Anna has not agreed that that's something that he has control over. Like, for me, and like, I know this is going to be, there's going to be a different level of comfort for every individual person, but for me, we better negotiate a fucking lot. I better trust you a fucking lot before you start dictating what I can and cannot do with my own fucking body. That is not a beginner phase of kink for me or of DS for me. And even if that's not the case with Anna, even if she's like, yeah, go ahead, tell me not to bite my lip, I like it. Even so, they need to have that conversation first before Christian can order her to do fucking anything ever at all. And they just haven't done that. And as far as I remember, they never really do. And then a minute later, Christian actually, like, grabs Anna's chin and, like, tugs on it to stop her from biting her lip. Which, again, dude, fuck off. Stop it. Negotiate first. Get consent first. Then you can order her around within whatever she is consented to. So they're eating breakfast together, and he gets angry at her for not finishing her breakfast, which, again, bro, I know you have trauma around food, but you cannot take this out on other people, least of all your subs. Come on. Fucking stop it. Fucking go to therapy. Oh, and the best part is, she has picked up on this, that he, like, wants her to eat all of her food that's on her plate and if she doesn't he gets bitchy about it and she's literally thinking to herself like jesus i guess i better start giving myself smaller portions if he's gonna be like no incorrect he has no fucking business because once again this is not something you've negotiated this is not something you've agreed for him to control this is fully just him lashing out at you because he ha he himself has trauma and also, like, you should be able to have whatever portions you want, eat whatever you want, and if you don't finish it, just fucking box it up and eat it later. Like, it's fine. You should not be forced to, like, tiptoe around his fucking childish outbursts and change your shit because of his fucking whiny baby bitch boyness god it just makes me so angry that she's already like she's not setting boundaries for herself which feels very much like the outsider stereotype of what a submissive person is like that they just like let people walk all over them they have that like I, I feel like there's this idea of within people who don't know very much about kink that like the ideal submissive has no limits or no boundaries and they will just let their dominant do whatever they want to them, you know, make whatever decisions they want, give them whatever orders they want. And that's within kink. That's actually a huge red flag for anyone who is, you know, on either side of the slash, a D type or an S type, who, who actually is not more knowledgeable about kink. If you say, yeah, I don't have any limits, what I hear as a more experienced kinkster is, I have not done my research. I don't know what's out there, and I am not taking the time to do that research to make sure that I'm setting boundaries for myself. So anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent, but the point is, Anna, 
even though I know from my perspective as a reader that you are going to end up as his submissive, that does not mean that you should not be setting boundaries. Especially right now, outside of headspace, he might be treating you as his sub, but that's fucked up, he shouldn't be doing that. And also, you are not acting as his sub right now. You should absolutely be standing up for yourself and setting boundaries. And if you don't want him to fucking bug you about finishing your food, tell him to fuck off. You have every single right to do that as a submissive person. Set boundaries for yourself. That's so important, especially because then when you get into kink, if you're like trying something that you're not entirely sure about, you need, you need to be able to trust this person that if you say, okay, I need to not do that ever again, or even like, I, I will do that again, but we need to change it in such and such ways, that that person will hear you and will take that into account and will find a compromise that works for both of you. Like kinks takes so much trust and so much communication and so much ability to set boundaries by any and everyone who is involved because it really it it goes into such vulnerable places and sometimes emotionally or even physically dangerous places that like if you can't say no if you can't set boundaries you're really gonna find yourself in some unpleasant situations Oh, and then here's another gross fucking interaction with another one of Anna's friends because I, I don't think there is one single healthy, you know, completely non-toxic relationship modeled in this series, whether it's romantic or platonic. I really can't think of one right now. I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out as I reread this series. But anyway, Kate calls and she demands details about the sex that Anna and Christian had. And she says she has, quote, waited for this for four years and she wants to know everything. And Anna says no, she doesn't want to talk about it. And like, can we please just fucking respect people's boundaries? Like, is that so fucking hard? Like, I don't care that you two are BFFs or whatever. If Anna doesn't want to talk about the sex she just had, you have zero right to know about the sex she just had. Like, come on. That's just basic decency. If someone says no, I'd rather keep that private between myself and the person I just fucked. Like, okay, fine. Hope you had a good time. See you at home later. Like, that's it. That's the end of the conversation. But fucking nobody in this series understands how to respect other people's boundaries. And I hate it. It's so frustrating. It's so fucking frustrating. Like, on Anna's behalf, everyone is trying to muscle in on her life constantly. And it sucks. Anna, you need better friends. You need a better boyfriend, but you need better friends, too. Come on. Anyway, fast forward, Anna is talking to Christian, and she says she wants to ask Kate some questions about sex. Christian immediately insists that she can ask him. Instead, Anna says she'd prefer to talk to Kate, which, two things. On the one hand, she's a grown-ass adult. She can talk to whoever the fuck she wants to about sex. My usual caveat, if you are having sex with someone, you should, at some point, be able to talk to them about the sex you two are having. Otherwise, you two should not be having sex, because communication is an incredibly important part of sex in general, and specifically, getting good sex. So if you can't speak up 
if you want to be doing something more, be doing something less, never do something again, whatever it is, if you want some, if, if, if you're having sex with someone, you should be able to talk to them about the sex you're having. That's really fucking important, is what I'm trying to say. But also, if she would rather, if she has certain questions that she would rather ask her best friend than the man that she has been on, I guess, one and a half dates with at this point, I don't know, she's spent some time at his house, not by her choice but they did fuck, so that's sort of a date, I guess? I don't know. They've been together for a very, very, very short period of time, so I feel like she is absolutely well within her rights to want to talk to her best friend instead. On the other hand, because this book is so fucking chock full of kink shame, she would prefer to talk to Kate because she assumes that Christian would have a twisted or fucked up view of vanilla sex since he is a weird, fucked up, kinky freak. And, uh, no, actually, fuck that. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm so upset. Once again, kink and aspects of vanilla relationships are not mutually exclusive. For many, 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 many people, pardon me, they are a Venn diagram. For some people, they are completely separate. That's valid. For many people, for a large part of the kink community, they are a Venn diagram. There is overlap. And the other thing is, like, a lot of people who are raised in this extremely kink-negative society started having vanilla sex before they started having kinky sex. I'm not gonna say that's always the case, but that's the case for a lot of fucking people. So, a lot of people who end up being kinksters are also very familiar with vanilla sex. Maybe enjoy vanilla sex. Maybe continue having vanilla sex even throughout their kinky relationships. It happens. It's not unusual. I fucking promise you. Also, she would prefer to talk to Kate because Kate would be quote-unquote impartial. Sorry to break this to you, hon, but like, I have never met anyone who is completely impartial about sex. Everyone has their own shit related to sex because society has its own shit related to sex and we are all brought up inside that shit in one way or another. We all have, and it's, it's also this incredible, it can be this incredibly intimate, vulnerable time in your life. And depending on the kinds of people you have had sex with in the past and how, how you came into your first sexual encounter feeling about sex, maybe you've had some really fucking bad experiences. Maybe you even have some sexual trauma. That happens. Even if not, we all have shit around sex is what I'm saying. Even incredibly well-educated, incredibly sex-positive people all have their own shit around sex. Nobody is going to give you an impartial view. I can see how Kate might be a little bit more impartial to your particular situation because she is not, in fact, dating this particular man or having sex with this particular man, so maybe she can lend some outside perspective on that, but it sounds to me like Anna wants to ask Kate some more general sexual questions rather than questions per particularly related to her and Christian. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Oh, and then Christian reveals that he's never had vanilla sex before, which maybe explains why he was so fucking bad at it. I mean, it, it seems like, yes, he has had penetrative sex before, but never in a vanilla context, so I don't fucking know. 
You you don't get a gold star for being a kinkster who's never done anything vanilla. That's not how that works. So this is about the point in any good smut fic, long form smut fic, where there needs to be a sex scene per chapter. So they have sex again. She refers to her vagina as down there again. He tells her to stop biting her lip again because, quote, it makes me want to fuck you. You know what that says to me? It's recycling that old crock of shit that men are incapable of controlling their desires, so it's up to women to control how desirable they are to any particular man, or, you know, men in general, as the situation dictates. So he finds it really hot when she bites her lip, instead of, oh shit, that's really hot, but we are not actively about to fuck, so either I can take the initiative to initiate sex, or I can just be like, yes, that's really hot, and then move on with my life. No, no, he's not capable of doing that because men are just cavemen who are completely controlled by their penises. So it's up to Anna to know when it is appropriate to be hot in that particular way or when it is not appropriate to be hot in that particular way. No, fuck that. This is what feminists talk about when they say that patriarchy harms both men and women. Any dudes out there listening, I don't know about you, but if I was conceptualized as just this, like, walking, talking genital region <laughs> that, you know, that I, like, I was just completely controlled by my genitals and by my sexual desires, and I, if I, you know, I don't even have the brain power to make a decision that does not immediately benefit fit my dick, I'd be pretty fucking insulted. What do you guys think? And like, I know that's not what you're all like. I know there are men out there who are able to be horny and still make the correct decision for that situation, even if the correct decision is not immediately fucking whoever you're attracted to. Like, that's such a fucking toxic way to conceive of yourself or to have people conceive of you. That sucks. I don't know about you, but I think we should fucking change that. And you know how you change that? By becoming feminist and abolishing the patriarchy. Oh yeah, so she's, this whole chapter, she's just going on and on and on about how sore she is from their sex last night. And um, they like run a bath and get into the bathtub and it stings, which concerns me a little. Uh, once again, I am not a professional. I'm certainly not a medical professional. So anything I'm about to say here, maybe take it with a grain of salt or several. Just speaking as someone who has had a lot of really rough sex in my life, I have had sex that has made me bleed. I have had sex that has left me sore the next day. I don't remember ever having it, like, hurt so bad that I, like, can't sit down or that I can't get into a bath, that it hurts when I get into the bath. That feels like Christian did not warm her up properly, which he didn't. Uh, did not go slow enough at first for someone who has literally never been penetrated before. He didn't. I mean, I don't know, just fucking listen to my description of their, their sex in the last episode. Like, that was ouch and not in a good way. Like, excuse me, foreplay is important. Warm-up is important. Uh, more bad writing. They're in the bathtub together. Christian is soaping her up and she describes him running his hands over her, quote, stomach and belly unquote. Um, correct me if I'm wrong or if there's any, like, regional dialect where stomach and belly are different things, but as far as I'm aware, they're the same fucking thing. So, excuse me, editors, did you just sleep through reading these books? 
he wash he like puts soap on a washcloth to wash her vulva so that he can start playing with her clit and uh first of all i don't think a washcloth would be a very pleasant texture on my clit i don't know maybe like your mileage will vary but oof also quick psa for those of you who don't know vaginas are self-cleaning don't use soap on them. Certainly don't fucking use soap inside your vagina. That would be really bad. But I would hesitate to even use soap on your vulva, on the outer bits, because here's the thing, that can incredibly easily upset the balance of bacteria in there, which yes, there is good bacteria. Yes, you have good bacteria in your vagina. That's a thing. It It is really fucking good at cleaning itself out. So don't use soap in your vagina. Be really careful about soaping the outside of your vulva. I guess I should say here for those who don't know, the vulva is the outer bits of the pussy, the vagina is the inner bits of the pussy. Okay, now that we've cleared that up, yeah, even though he wasn't like penetrating her with the washcloth, still like be really really careful because that soap can still get on your mucous membranes, it can still fuck shit up. I don't know if anyone wants to know this, but I have had some success washing my vulva with menstrual cup cleaner because it's, you know, it's designed to go on something that then goes in your vagina. So it's, it's like very, very gentle and very, very body safe. And I, I think it's like pH balanced or something. But even that I try to do as few, like as, as little as possible. I really try not to do it more often than I absolutely need to. Um, okay, first quote of the chapter. Well, I guess I've I've had a few quotes in this chapter so far, but I wrote them all down in my notes. Here's the first one where I'm actually having to hunt for it in the book. Oh my god, yes. Okay, so she's like starting to touch his dick and because she was like soaping him up, I guess. And he says, I want you to become well acquainted on first names terms, if you will, with my favorite and most cherished part of my body. I'm very attached to this. Talking about his penis, if you have not picked up on that yet. <laughs> Who? Nobody? <laughs> I, I need a fucking moment. Oh my god. That's awful. On first name basis with my dick. Oh yeah, baby. Get on first name basis with little Christian. Christian Jr. No, stop it, ew. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, so she soaps up his dick, which, again, as far as I know, yeah, you can use soap on your dick as long as you're very, very careful not to get it in the urethra, because, again, that's where infections happen. Careful with that. PSA. Please know how to clean your genitals. Please do clean your genitals, but please do it the right way. So anyway, she soaps up his dick and then leans down to start sucking his dick while it's still covered in soap. And uh, this is, again, just one of my little personal criticisms. Your mileage may vary. I don't know. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. But to me, this is absolutely a yuck. Uh... <laughs> I love sucking dick. I'm just gonna be really candid with y'all, as I have been throughout this whole podcast so far. I really fucking love sucking dick. It's great. However, even I, <laughs> even I would take a moment 
to rinse the soap off first. Especially if it's your first time sucking dick and you're already not entirely sure how you're gonna react to it. Just like do yourself a favor, take two seconds to make it a more pleasant experience for yourself. So she's sucking his dick and she is, her internal monologue reference, like the narration, her narration references so many times what Christian's eyes are doing while she sucks his dick, which yeah, this is one of those moments where like if you're writing a sex scene, you gotta keep track of your anatomy. You gotta make sure that whatever their, their bodies are doing, it's like anatomically feasible. So she's like sitting in the bathtub, leaning over, sucking his dick. I don't know. Seems to me like from that position, you're not really going to be able to see the other person's face. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that seems implausible. Also, she's little Miss Sheltered. She's never masturbated. She's certainly never watched porn. Oh, the scandal. This is her first time giving a blowjob, and she does it flawlessly. She knows how to hide her teeth behind her lips. You know, she can take his dick all the way to the back of her throat without choking, without freaking out, without having to bail out. How? Please, somebody tell- like, if you- if somebody who has never had any kind of contact with any sexual media before is listening to this and, and gave a perfect blowjob their first time, please reach out to me because I would love to hear about how much of a fucking savant, blowjob savant, you are. Only semi-joking, I would love to hear about that because I am in awe of your natural talent. But for most of us, that's not going to be your first blowjob experience. I know for me it wasn't. That's all I'm gonna say about that. So after all of this perfect flawless dick sucking, she very gently uses her teeth on his dick, which is absolutely something you do not do without negotiating that with the other person first. I, please, on any genitals, if you are going to put your teeth on someone's junk, fucking ask them first. Like, some people like it. Some people really fucking don't, and that you're running a huge risk by doing that without asking them first. Please, I am begging you, ask them before you put your teeth on their junk. Another gross possessive moment from Christian, he finds out that she's never given a blowjob before, he's like, good, I own you, I own your virginity, I own your first blowjob, I fucking own this woman. Ew, gross, no, stop that. They're done fucking, I think they're out of the bath at this point, but he just like makes out with her basically. And then as she's like totally kiss drunk, he begs her to agree to be his sub, which is really fucking bad. That's like the opposite of what you wanna do. If you are asking someone to make that big of a decision, that's a conversation that you need, you need to have when you are not horny, certainly not in the heat of the fucking moment, certainly not mid-makeout session. Like, that's honestly kind of manipulative because when those hormones are going, when those pants feels are going, and you're fucking kiss drunk and you're like, yes, oh my god, this is great, you are so much more likely to say yes to something that you might regret later. Oh my god. Like, that needs to be a conversation that you have in the living room or something, clothes fully on, fully out of role. Just sit down and talk about it as equals. Yeah, Christian Grey is a manipulative douchebag. We knew this already. 
Last page of notes. So they go back to the bedroom to fuck again because that's what this book is about. He says, do you trust me? Before tying her wrists together with a tie. Which, again, is not a great example of consent getting. The better way to do that would be, do you trust me? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna tie your wrists together now. Is that okay? Yes. Great. Then you fucking do it. Unless you have negotiated, once again, negotiated a scene where you say, okay, I'm up for this cluster of things. You, the dominant, get to decide which of those things we're doing today and which order those things happen in. Great. Then he can tie her up. Whatever. But again, that's not a conversation they've had. So... Asking consent for each separate sex act, especially one where you're going to restrain someone and make it more difficult for them to get out of that situation quickly if they need to, you fucking need to explicitly ask for consent for that. Oh my god, okay, here's another example of E.L. James's extremely sublimated foot fetish coming out in Anna. So he has restrained her wrists and he's like kissing her and touching her all over and like teasing her and oh my god, it's so hot. And the point where it gets quote unquote too erotic for her to watch anymore is when he's playing with her feet. E.L. James, I am here with some fantastic news for you, babe. You have a foot fetish. So he's like working his way up her legs and he's about to get to her pussy and she is absolutely mortified to the point where she almost brings this whole thing to a stop. Which like, girl, please work on your body shame. You just put your whole entire, his whole entire dick in your mouth. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's okay. He's a grown man. He can put his mouth on your pussy. Also, what I'm, what I mean when I say body shame is that a lot of people with vaginas are taught that their vaginas are inherently gross, much more so than dicks, which is why there are all kinds of vagina cleaning, quote unquote, cleaning products marketed out there that will fuck your shit up and give you such a bad infection, whereas a lot of people with dicks don't fucking wash them because dicks you're not raised to think that your dick is inherently gross and nasty the way that someone with a vagina is taught that so you know there are a lot of people with vaginas out there who really are not comfortable with their partner going down on them because they think that it's so gross and nasty and why the fuck would you want to put your face in that which like please work through that like if you if you don't if you really truly don't want to receive oral that's that's valid i don't it's not my place to say otherwise but if the reason you don't want to receive oral is because of this incredibly pervasive internalized body shame. I would really, really encourage you to work on that because people who are attracted to people with vaginas, trust me, pussies are great. Pussies smell great. They taste great. They feel great. Eating pussy is great. I'm just gonna say that. And, and you know, if someone is excited to be having sex with you, they're probably going to be excited to give you oral. And if they're not, it might be because of some body shame that they were taught around vaginas. Who knows? There's so much to unpack around sex and genitals in this fucking society. It's it's a complicated web we have woven for ourselves. Anyway, if you think vaginas are gross and disgusting, look into that. Do some soul searching. I would encourage you, please, because um, you might be missing out on receiving some really good oral or you might be missing out on giving some really good oral. You never know. There's a whole world out there of mouths on pussies and it's fucking fantastic. 
So he eats her out until she comes, and as she is mid-orgasm, she hears Christian open a condom, and when his dick is inside her, only then does he stop to ask, how is this? Once again, my dude, wrong fucking order. Especially after you have already had so much sex, and she is literally in the middle of coming. She might need a break. She might need to do something else for a bit, okay? You really need to check in. Once again, consent to one sex act is not consent to all sex acts. Please, ask consent before you stick your dick in someone. Even if you, have already, if you are already eating them out, that does not mean that they want you to stick your dick in them right then or ever again. You don't know until you ask. Page 142. Holy shit, is this the longest episode I've recorded so far? It might be. We'll find out. Okay, so here's the quote on page 142. I know in that moment I would do anything for this man. I am his. The wonder that he's introduced me to, it's beyond anything I could have imagined. Okay, girl, listen, Anna, sweetie, just you and me, I've been there. I stayed in my first relationship way the fuck longer than I should have because this was the first person I'd ever had sex with. This was the first person I'd, you know, gone out with, kissed all of that stuff. It was the first person I'd ever done any of that stuff with. And it was amazing. Like, holy shit, this is sex? This feels so fucking good. This is great. Oh my god, I love this. So yeah, I stuck around through a lot of red flags, through a lot of toxicity towards the end of our relationship, because I felt such a strong connection to this person, because yeah, they had introduced me to all of these new things that I didn't know about. I mean, I did, but I did not know what they would feel like. And it was fantastic. It was great. It was a lot of fun. But here's the thing. There are a lot of people out there who can also give you really good sex, who you can also have really good sexual experiences with. It's not just one person, I promise you. It's not just Christian. Yes, he has introduced you to sex, and that can bring up a lot of fucking feelings, but that doesn't mean that you need to or even should just surrender yourself to him completely. Please keep your head on your shoulders. Please keep your boundaries in mind. Please take care of yourself. Keep an eye on whether you really truly want to continue to be in a relationship with this specific person. I'm begging you, please. Uh, when they're done fucking, he tries once again to convince her to be his submissive. Once again, see previous rant. This is a conversation that needs to happen outside of the bedroom, outside of the heat of the moment, outside even of that like happy cuddly afterglow of really good sex. It's still gonna lead you in wrong directions. Your sex brain is still going. Those hormones, those like happy chemicals are still going. It, it needs to happen fully clothed, fully like sober, for lack of a better word, when you are able to think fully rationally about what you are and are not willing to do with your life. Oh yeah, holy shit. So the chapter ends with hearing the voice of Christian's mother in the hall because she has just barged into his apartment to come see him, which, I don't know, seems like a really fucking dick move for a parent to pull on their adult child who lives in their own fucking apartment. Like, I'm sorry, but even if my parents have the keys to my apartment, they still need to let me know that they're coming over. They still need to ask me permission before they come over 
because that is my home. That is my space. I need to be able to not have visitors come fucking barging in if that's not what I am up for or what I want in that moment. Like, yikes. Boundaries. Once again, nobody knows how to respect fucking boundaries in this book. It's terrible. It's a fucking epidemic. And thus ends chapter nine. Once again, thank you so much to listening to this rant. Uh, my name is Lee, and you can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash artist and all my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. Uh, this podcast can be found at Another All My Links, this one, um, allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. You can find the podcast's Patreon, where you can toss me a couple bucks, help me keep doing this. Check the, the show notes, the show summary for the spellings on all of those links, because there's some odd spellings. Cough my name, cough. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, and trust me, I get it, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, write a blog post, do whatever you do to spread the word about this humble podcast. That would be so, so appreciated. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack, which is risk-aware consensual kink. Okay, bye. I just woke up from a cat-induced nap, so directly before recording this, so I may be yawning, like, a lot. <sighs> I hate it. Thanks, I hate it. I wonder if I should start putting, like, extensive trigger warnings at the beginning of each episode, because there's a lot. There's a lot in every single one of these episodes. There's so much. <coughs> Pardon me, I'm just dying. It's actually been a minute since I recorded an episode because I've been so focused on, like, other behind-the-scenes stuff, getting this podcast ready for release, so my voice is not used to this. <laughs> That's the assumption, assumption that she's making. Fuck, I've been talking for so fucking long and I still have so many notes. So there, I said it. I'm gonna take my sweater off. Soap on your lady bits oh boy i can't believe i just said lady bits wow um hey cis normativity how you doing oh shit i didn't want to do that okay here we go and uh yeah you can find us all over including our our my patreon i'm the only one really running this show